Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. It is December 5th, 2023. We are officially under three weeks until Christmas, right? 18, 25. Yeah, checks out. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. Hope you're having a great start to your morning. It's uh, it's chilly out there, but nothing too terrible, and uh, we're happy to be doing radio with you. I'm TJ Walker, Nick Roush across the table from me, and then... Justin Kalen in the other room, best producer in radio. Roush, how are you this morning? I'm uh, I'm doing well. Um, just yeah, I I I made a mistake of you. You're in the. I reached the fourth quarter of the NFL game. I was like, oh, but it's a good game, so I I guess I'll stay up. And then and then it went to overtime, and I saw a tweet from Jeff Drummond that said. This one looks like it's headed right towards the top. And I was like, <laughs> yep, you're right. I'm going to roll over and go to sleep. Woke up. And I was, it, was he almost there. I kicked a field goal with a minute and change left for the Bengals to uh, get the win. Big win for the Bengals. Congrats to our, all of our Who Day listeners out there. Having probably an even better Tuesday morning to to them. Huge Jake Browning game. And Where did that Just a from? great football game. Just an all-around fun football game. Uh, that that was that was exciting. That was a good Monday night football. Uh, Scoots, did you watch it? I made it to about halftime. So yeah, a- anytime on a Monday night or Sunday night game, or even Thursday for that matter, if I can make it to halftime, I've done well. So I, I was just proud of myself. Appreciate that Scoots, the one, the guy without kids, acts like he's like, oh man, made it to nine thirty. Like I really stayed up late. It's like what? Rouse, you ever seen me with under eight hours of sleep? I don't have we. I don't. I mean, not that I can recall because I'm pretty We've good about. Never seen him with under eight hours of sleep in four years. I, of, I'm pretty good about getting my eight hours. That's incredible. <laughs> we do a 7 a.m. radio show, and we've never not had Scoots have an eight full hours of sleep. That's ins- that's nuts. I'm sure there's been a time or two where I've gotten six or seven, but I, I can't recall them as of now. So that would make Scoots probably 99% of the shows the most well-rested between the three of us. I would venture to say so, I yeah. I think that should be the case. Yeah. You should have a kid. Exactly. That's the way that it should be. Somebody's got to carry the awake weight. I'm happy and proud to announce that I – 
didn't make it for the start of the game. Oh, wow. <laughs> Seriously. That That's was impressive. the earliest I've fallen asleep in forever. I couldn't believe it. And like I'll do this thing sometimes like when we're putting the kid down while we're while the wife is like doing her hair or just doing something that I have like I there's nothing that I can do to try to help to make the process go by quicker so I literally just have to wait where I'll just close my eyes and just be like just may as well just get a little eye, eye rest in time until it's ready until I'm reading the book or it's time for me to go get the other diaper or something. Uh, and when I was closing my eyes a couple times last night, I was like, oh, I may actually just fall asleep. Like, this <laughs> this may not be a joke. Like, I may actually just be – not that it's a joke, but, like, this may actually be me needing to fall asleep. And then once bedtime was over, I went and laid down in bed, and I did not get up again until it was 5 a.m. It was an amazing night's sleep. Wow. Uh, and Nine just, hours? And then, I know. It was awesome. Come on. It was, so, it was great. It was really, really great. And then I just was like, all right, well, I no spoilies. Haven't seen a tweet, haven't seen a score update, haven't seen if any of my bets hit or not, and uh, I'll just watch it. I'll watch like the abbreviated <laughs> version of the game, and it nice. was an awesome game. Nice. And I was done by 6 a.m., and then, you know, went and uh, got my breakfast, brought a Pop-Tart in with me, and had the Nanner at home, and so I'm feeling well-rested, ready to go, and feel like I, I watched every bit of that NFL game, even though I fell asleep before they even kicked off to get things started, but that was great. That was And I was when I was watching it, Going through the highlight versions of this, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, Jags, nine and a half, nine point favorites. They're going to win, but good on the Bengals for, you know, fighting and making this game close. And one thing that I did have in mind is just like, even without Joe Burrow, just the whole attitude of the Bengals locker room and franchise has changed. And it reminded me of some seasons with Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers would get hurt. And you'd be like, yeah, okay, this team's not going to do anything without it, the best quarterback in the NFL. No doy. But they always sometimes play so hard and fight so hard. And I was like, oh, look at these little guys. Like, they don't have their quarterback, but they're going out there and they're doing their best. That was exactly what the Bengals were doing across the board. Uh, and then they just, despite a couple really bad goofs from the Bengals, that uh, trick play that Josh Allen. All right. <laughs> That I hated was, that Josh Allen didn't get the win. See, he that, so that's, well. That's why Zach Taylor is loathed by some of his fans. Because what are you doing, dude? Well, that's, Jake, that was on Boyd. Well, I mean, what are you doing, Boyd? Like, but also, don't. why are you calling that play? Jake Browning was 32 of 37 for 350 yards and a touchdown. That's fair enough. Why are you letting anybody throw a football besides Jake Browning? It doesn't make any sense. You would think when they practice those plays, they're just like going to Boyd or they're going to whatever like receiver or running back is going to make the trick throw and just be like, if it's not there – do not force it. Well, do not force and it. And the thing is, is I, especially at the NFL level, I feel like they've they've gotten a lot better about n not doing that. Yes. Did he just not see Josh Allen standing right there? That's what I, mean, I think. He hit him in the numbers. That's what I think. And Josh was like kind of like slumped Way down low. a little bit, yeah, and then yeah. like I don't know if he was just and he almost looked reluctant to throw it. Like, oh, this is a busted play, whatever. And then it was just like those nature videos where a crocodile or a lion jumps out of the water and just like <laughs> takes the bison into it. And you're like, oh, oh where'd that come from? And Josh Allen took that football and he had a big sack. He, he had, had an oh, awesome, yeah, he had yeah, an awesome the, game because the, the sack late. Um, were they able to? They ended up making that field goal to tie though, right? The or the Bengals missed a field goal. Yeah, but I, I think after that sack from Josh, you were like, oh, is that going to get him out of field goal range? But no, it, they it kept They still made it anyways. Yeah. 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 Um, they did miss one. Yeah, they did miss one, but ends up hitting one in OT to get the dub. Um, I think the one they missed, two. the one they missed, by the way, that camera angle was so deceiving. I, I was like, he he nailed this, and then it hits the crossbar, and I'm like, wait, what? Well, 
And if you saw the extended replay of the the field goal he made, which I believe was the one that uh, actually forced – I think it tied the game. Uh, Is that the 54-yarder or was that the – I'm getting which teams hit which field goal. Yeah, and, and that's where <laughs> I'm at right now too. So apologies for this. But the last Bengals field goal. So, yeah, it, it tied the – or it gave him the lead. The Jags marched down and got one with 26 seconds left. So yeah. Evan McPherson, they, they, they panned to him after the commercial break. And he thought he missed it initially. And he, like, turned his head, and he was cussing himself. And then he looks up, and he's like, oh, that went in? Like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. Um, Good enough for me. But, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the story of the game is going to ultimately be Trevor Lawrence just shattering his ankle to Bolivia. Did he hear both angles on that play? Uh, th- that was a, a weird, I'm- weird injury, weird play. And he was mad at the official, too. So, C.J. Beathard ended up coming in, nine of ten passes, had the drive. Even though he fumbled it on the first play, they recovered it. Had the drive that got them to tie it and send it to overtime. But if you didn't see it, I, I, how I broke my ankle in college was the exact same way where I just went backwards and foot got stuck and I landed on it, on the ankle. Yeah. And, Ouch. like, I can still hear it and everything. Like, it's just – and he knew as soon as it happened that, like, it was done. Got stepped on by a lineman, right? He got stepped on, and then when he went down, since he was stepped on, it was stuck, and it just, I mean, it, mm. brutal, brutal. Uh, Jags 8-3 and three going into that game, in the hunt for the one seed overall with the Chiefs' recent loss, and now another starter goes down. Uh, from Aaron Rodgers to Anthony Richardson uh, <laughs> to Sean Watson, like you just, hell, really the entire AFC North right now right I mean it's a lot of starting quarterback injuries in the NFL this year and it's it sucks it's yeah I, I don't think quarterback play across the board has ever been worse in the NFL maybe if you get back to like the 63 year, year season or something like that right right pre uh, well you know about the 63 pass. season I would just imagine the quarterback play back then probably wasn't <laughs> wasn't electric it would be a guess it's a guess it's a guess maybe that was one of the better years Who who's really to say uh, but it is it is pretty bad. Like it'd be it'd be a fun trivia game if you could get somebody that could just name the current starters for a lot of these teams because I'm not so sure that uh, Scoots. Do you, you feel like you could do it? it I feel like I game. could do it. Yeah. All right, who who's the current starter for the Giants? Uh, it's Tommy DeVito. Ah, Tommy DeVito. I did see where Terod Taylor's off injury reserve. Ooh, see with the Giants. Yeah, Ooh, he was the exciting. guy that Tommy DeVito had to replace. I, people forget Tommy DeVito, third quarterback. That's... Who, who's starting for the Falcons? It is back to Ritter. It's back to Ritter. You wow. got the big win this weekend. Uh, yeah, you're, you're you're killing it. Uh, do you know who's who is currently the quarterback for the Rams? Matthew Stafford. He's back. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to trick you. Yeah. You're you're. you're I'll even I'll, I'll get one ahead of you. The Jets. That nobody knows. Their starter it's was two, Nebulos. Was Tim Boyle, but this week it's probably going to be Simeon. Uh, but they asked Zach Wilson to do it, and he said, I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you all saw that or not. <laughs> what, what the hell is going on with the Jets? Wild stuff there. NFL, it's it's heating up. I think this is the last week for a lot of fantasy league. This, this, past, this coming up week will be the last week before playoffs for most leagues. Maybe not all of them. Your league could be different, but... It's heating up in the NFL. It's heating up in fantasy. It's heating up at Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. You can get whatever your heart desires in the realm of fresh Mexican delicious food. Burritos, quesadillas, 
chips, queso, nachos. Check them out today and download that Salsaritas app. Save time, save money, build up rewards each and every time you go. And uh, fun for the whole family. Double points after 6 p.m. Keep them in mind for catering. We love Salsaritas. You will as well. A morning grab-and-go texter on the Thornton's text line says, I retract my previous request. Give me Brock Vandergriff or give me death. <laughs> also, some shocking and concerning departures in the portal yesterday. What say what yay, you, Roush? Whoa, shocking and concerning. Hope you all have a great day. It's a morning grab-and-go texter. I know, but I just don't know what's shocking or concerning. I guess if you aren't online following the Wade's mother, then you weren't. Then you're shocked. Is um, which also um, I saw these. It was one of those things where I'm in bed and kind of scrolling through Twitter and all that sort of stuff, and uh, saw a story to the Wade's father. He gave some quotes to some Middle Tennessee uh, media outlet, and um, they didn't keep their promises up there. We're not going to go for that. I'm mainly talking about Destin, not Keaton. He's mad that Destin Wade didn't get to play. Um, and that's why they're leaving. Um, they threw him in that bowl game and never gave him a chance to redeem himself. Uh, and then it continues. The, the, the last one that I really, really enjoyed. Well, how could you not be inspired from the bowl game performance? Destin could have been just as good as that quarterback that they had this year. There's nothing any of those guys sitting in that quarterback room couldn't have done that Leary did. They didn't give him an opportunity to even compete. So we've got to do what we've got to do. He's got to get on the field somewhere. Then go get on the field somewhere. That's yeah. all right. That, that's fine. And, the, the, and, and you know what? Maybe you're right about Leary. Maybe all those quarterbacks could have done the exact same thing, but for whatever reason, UK. I, I highly, 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 highly doubt that. I do as well. I yeah. also even highly when, even doubt as it. bad as he played. In the part that I, if just talking Keaton and Destin Wade into the portal, uh, Keaton was Mister Football, or actually, I think Destin was technically the Mister Football, but Keaton was four star prospect played. Snaps as a freshman and a sophomore. Uh, he's one of the many sophomores where you were kind of wanting to see a little bit more from this year. Awfully risky to to tie himself to his brother's quarterback dreams because that's just not going to work out for him. Like, if he wants to go play. Well, I, I disagree with you a little bit where it's like, if he's good enough, the NFL will find him. He'll be all right. Is this a, a smart business decision? I, I Probably not. But, like, let's say they go to – Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Just that's a good example. You know, you know, if he wins defensive player of the year and he's first team the remainder of his college eligibility, he'll be – like, NFL will find you if you're good enough. It's weird to do that. Like, it's why not be like, hey, bro – Go kill it. I'll root for you. I'm going to stick play in SEC football, be a starter, and mm-hmm. you know that that's best for me. But that being said, I don't think it's like a career. He, he's really putting his career in jeopardy by making this move necessarily. You know, because I, I think you can ball out anywhere, and the NFL can find you. I think you just help yourself if you are in a place where more eyeballs are going to see you. So I don't think this is necessarily helping him, but I don't think it's like a guaranteed hurt move either. I just can't believe you're doing like you're not your brother ain't going to be with you in the nfl no and if nfl is not your future you and your brother aren't going to be like assistant coaches coaching up the little giants to try to take down the little cowboys so your name can be on the water tower too yeah <laughs> which i always love that yeah, you bring like up coaching that, yeah, right yeah. right that it 
Like, come on, why why are the brothers getting up there? What did he earn? That's yeah, a, oh he my gosh, Heisman trophy. Don't even get me <laughs> one won a Heisman freaking trophy, yeah. and the other is what? Just like at a, a, a he won a Pee Wee football game. Yeah, freaking um, break. But uh, the this really is that situation. This is a little giant situation with the weights. And here's here's the other part too. I mean, Destin's a good enough athlete that if he played defense, he could probably get a shot at the NFL. So I don't. But here, then again, oh. when you see those comments from dad. You saw tweets from mom, like, obviously they're, you know. And could the, could the town of Urbania not just get, like, a, a nice big, like, billboard? <laughs> Is the water tower the only freaking thing in town that can display an achievement? <laughs> like, what the hell, Roush? In, you know, welcome to town. Welcome to Urbania, home of the O'Shea brothers. One that's actually good. <laughs> the other one that's a huge baby. Yeah, just do the sign, like the green signs, like we have all over uh, the city. The water tower couldn't age well to begin with. I mean, that thing's just going to be an eyesore for decades and decades to come. <laughs> Get rid of it. I love to. It's rusted, but they're like, oh, we'll just paint over we'll it. paint but, over yeah, the rust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agreed. Taffer would be furious. Tear it down. Tear down the water tower. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, I, we're going to talk transfer portal. That was obviously high on our list to talk about today, but when the morning grab-and-go texters want us to talk about something. Mm-hmm. We get into it. Plumley Bro 2 says, any concerns about Justin Edwards? Feels like he could be another BJ Boston. No, it's way too early Livingston. But I am slightly concerned. Cal can't catch a break with forwards. Uh, I mean, it depends. What you can. I think you're, you're specifically kind of talking threes. It's probably been his biggest positional issue since he's been at Kentucky. I, I think Roush said this yesterday, and I agreed with it, where – Edwards, I don't think, is supposed to be somebody that is, like, shooting a ton of threes. He's going to get open threes on this team, and I think if he's wide open, we just need to come to the grips that he's going to take that shot, and hopefully it goes in. Most of the time, it probably will not. But, Roush, he seems like somebody that, you know, Cal really would want to be a slasher, put it on the floor, try to go get to the foul line. And I don't know if this is part of, like, the – pressure to shoot more threes or it's just kind of taking what you can get but teams are going to try to pack it in for UK at least when DJ Wagner's healthy and force Kentucky out to the perimeter so maybe things are a little bit tougher for Edwards just because things are more crowded inside than he would want but I also just think we would have a whole different outlook on him I don't know what he's shooting right now but like if it was 10 percentage points higher from three which you may say that's like a huge number, but it's probably only like the difference of probably like five threes potentially. Um, I'm going to try to beat you on the Google. We, we, we would be looking at him a lot differently, but he's shooting so poorly that it's hard not to. 26% from three, and that's being a little generous because I'm rounding up. Not if great. that number, I mean, if that number is 36%, obviously things we wouldn't care in the slightest. But let's uh, let's look at the actual Yes, they stats. do per game. I should have just gone to college football basketball reference instead of the ESPN. ESPN stinks. He's made seven threes in seven in games. eight games. Eight games, and he's shot twenty-seven. So, if he made one more three per game, that would put him at fifteen. Whether he's taking an additional three or not, we'd look at that number a lot differently. Uh, I, I Plumley bro too. I think it's it's fair to wonder. You know where this goes for Edwards. It's still early in the season. I just think the fact that he is shooting twenty six percent from three is the reason we're looking at his numbers the way we're looking. And he's got a, a negative assist to turnover ratio too. So 
you know, he, he is struggling. There, there's no doubt about it. I think he'll be okay, though. Yeah, I'm I'm more so concerned about his ability just to finish at the rim because you're one of the bigger dudes on the team. You can use your size and athleticism to bully your way to the rim. Just finish there. If he just does that, he becomes better at finishing at the rim. I, I think a lot of That's our another big thing too. A lot of our concerns are just alleviated. We don't have like the getting stuffed at the rim memories with him mm-hmm. too as well. Mm-hmm. I, and there's been times where he's like slashed inside, you know, had a little contact, taken, you know, bumped with a body or so, and it reminded me a little bit of like, well, why can't this guy have a little bit of Brandon Miller to his game? I think Brandon Miller was a little bit more fluid and like mm-hmm. flexible and didn't look as stiff at times, but like you know, Brandon Miller. He shot the ball really well in college. I don't know what his numbers ended up being, but he wasn't like a three-point specialist. You know, he was somebody that was going to put it on the floor more likely and get inside and kick out than he would have been just hanging out on the perimeter. So Edwards, you know, mold your game. If it's not working on the in, if it's not working on the perimeter, do what you would have done when you were a sophomore in high school and just go force the issue. Like go go figure out a way inside to be more athletic, more physical, and more bounced than the people you're going against. And I, I don't think he's kind of – I think he's still settling a bit. But yeah. I, I like him. He'll be all right. I mean, he's 6'8", 203. He can do a lot of things other people that's, can't. That's It'll what work I'm, out. I'm, I'm, I said it yesterday. I just don't know when When do we start getting concerned, when there's just not that. Pop. Not after seven games, right? What about eight? Or has it been eight? It's been eight. Or nine? Do, do, seven okay? Is eight worrisome? I, I No, I mean, I, I think you got to get to 10, 12. 13 games before you start freaking out. I think if I mean, we're doing this in a month, if we're like, yeah. hey, when's Justin Edwards going to turn it on? As soon as conference play starts, yeah. Then, like, I'll, then yeah. it's like, all right, well, if it doesn't turn on in a month, well, then it's February. If it he doesn't should, turn on in two months, then the seat, then it's March. He should have a big game in the next three or four. Like, yeah. one one of those, he just should. He's going back to Philly, too, this weekend. Yeah, like, well, hopefully a homecoming settles him in instead of the opposite. What are Sometimes the chances? It has the you get the cow, when my players go home, they never do anything good. He says that, but... Haven't we proven that otherwise? No, I, the, he is statistically right that people going home play worse than they play better. But there are outliers. There's been people that have like had a homecoming game that played really well. It's one of those that I tr- I remember trying to do this post one year, but there were so many. I was like, gosh, this is hard to even keep track of. Because 2011, fi- our first and second round games, I think were in Tampa, and like people were making a big deal about Brandon Knight and Sibley tournament having games back there. Princeton, he was horrible. And then the next – but he hits the game winner, and the next game he had, what, 30 The next game he was amazing. Yeah, like, just was yeah. unbelievable. So, yeah. Which it, I feel like it kind of – it really is a flip of the coin for the most part. I mean, didn't Terrence Jones have, like, 40 in Portland? Yeah, before they went out to Maui, he was, yeah. like, unbelievable. Right. And I think that was, like, the game where Kyle's like, I've never had somebody play well going home. And then that <laughs> happened. And it was like, all right, well, maybe it's not a never sort of deal. Uh, yeah, I think Ashton Hagens, um, he – well, that big game against UNC was in Chicago, but I think he had a good against game. Against Georgia, he had a good in game. In Georgia, yeah, yeah something yeah. I could be wrong about that. Um, uh, no, another morning grab-and-go texter into the Thornton's text line. Who is Iowa playing in the bowl game? Tennessee. Yeah, which that's going to be a hilarious bowl game. The fastest high-flying offense in college football versus the slowest worst team in college football. Which bowl is the Citrus Bowl? Citrus Cheez- Bowl. Cheez-It Bowl. Citrus Bowl. Is it the same? Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. They mm-hmm. sponsored. How unfair for Iowa. I had to play an orange team in the Cheez-It Bowl. It's citrus Bowl, which also orange. You know, you can't spell citrus without UT, Scoots. 
many sure. people are saying. John here. Good morning, my friends. Hey, last night I was up and down. I would fall asleep for a few hours, then I'd wake up out of nowhere. If or when this starts to happen to you, how do you get back to sleep? We'll got to go talk to you later. John, that sounds like a normal night's sleep to me. Like, except for last night, which I did not. I was not up and down. I, it was like a full night's sleep. It was amazing. It was awesome. John, normally when I can't sleep, but I can't, but I know that like I, you know, I can't just go up and like do stuff or work out or get stuff started for the day, and I'm just laying there. That's just that's fun thought town USA. You, that, and that's, not not that kind of thought town USA, Scoots. Easy. I was Easy. just gonna say, and that's why you can't go back to sleep because you get, turn your brain on. If you wake up in the middle of the night, you just got to keep that brain turned off. Don't think about anything. Just close your eyes and go back to sleep. You'd be surprised. Sometimes when you think about stuff, it allows your brain well, to actually calm down and go to sleep. Some of us just have bigger brains, you know. One thing I like mm. to do if I really can't sleep, I like to play the alphabet game, and I just have a category, and I'll have to like say something that starts with that letter. And it's kind of <laughs> crazy how quickly you'll eventually fall asleep because it's a pretty boring freaking game. The car alphabet game, it's always a good one. Ooh, that one is fun. A, Accord. B, BMW. C, a Corolla. Mm. <laughs> and you, you just go. You go. You can do animals, too. That's always a fun one. I'm going well. to try that tonight. You, you want to do something that like keeps you occupied enough, but is so boring that you actually get tired again. It's fun. It's fun. Try that, John, next time. Robert says, need the intro to change. They finally gave us what we wanted, you dinguses, alcohol. Oh, yeah. Is that in the intro? I say 2024, we need at least a tweaked intro. Okay. always like the idea of like the intro being the intro, but little Easter eggs are thrown in every so often. I'll take a look at it. I'm yeah. going to be at the studio a lot this week. So what's up with that? Just doing Tre- Trevor, Trevor's out. Trevor's out. Doing rather for the next three days. Come here, 12-hour days. 12 the radio salt mines. 12, 12, I mean, yeah. By the time the podcast is uploaded, you're right, you're their right. podcast takes – freaking right. 35 I, minutes to upload you are right See, I'm they, just, it's not like it's not like the most taxing oh gosh no. in the world, oh gosh I guess. But, but you're right though you're but being right. in one building for that long just so sucks. they do all three hours in one show don't they yes. correct that's probably a bad idea. yeah a podcast takes forever yeah that would be so much faster if it was just in yeah why don't hours. why don't you run that by mic to like do our podcast or it'd also be easier oh i'm so. i'm definitely not trying to ruffle any feathers this week i'm just here to do my job I would start ruffling. Rutherford, any feathers? <laughs> Did Trevor not give Mike a heads up? It sounded like on air Mike was like, uh, so I'm finding out Trevor's not going to be here today or the week. I don't know. That's he didn't between, sound happy. That's between them. Sounds like know. trouble in paradise. And that's so classic Trevor. For the second straight weekend, he whines and cries and complains and moans and groans about the officials. Then his eagles get absolutely smacked in the beak, and then he just goes MIA. Some are saying he's scared. Goes he was scared a, to come talk about it. Weekly hiatuses. <laughs> mm, what a coward. Coward's conference, actually, come to think of it. <laughs> yep. All right, it's, but you'll, you'll get scoots on the Big X all week. All day. All week. You'll be doing Spears uh, 12 to noon. You'll be doing Denison 11 to noon, mm-hmm. 12 to 1. And then um, Rutherford 3 to 6. Yep. Every day? Every day. Other than Friday. I'll be tuned in with you, baby. I'll text you. I'll text into the text line. Okay. Wonder what Spears is going to be cranky about today. He said today's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm I'm excited for that. He said, "When did he tell you that?" He was texting me last night. He said Tony's going to join us. Well, he said Bellerman had a day game yesterday, so he couldn't do a show yesterday. So he texted me actually on Sunday. He was like, "No show Monday. Tony's going to join us on Tuesday. Should be a lot of fun." 
I was like, all right, yeah, I agree. We have a lot to talk about. All right. Big L the fish. Uh, and then the last one, and we'll, and we'll end out our segment one, the grab-and-go textures. We love Thornton's. Perfect grab-and-go for your morning, whatever you need to get your day started. What we need to get our day started is the Thornton's text line. TJ, I'll say that Booger McFarland was nowhere near the worst Monday Night Football crew member ever. That distinction belongs to Dennis Leary, if you remember that debacle. See, we weren't really around for Dennis no, Leary. No, it gets talked about a lot, though, so that yeah. must have been pretty bad. But also, Dennis Leary, I'm pretty sure he was with good – other people too. You got you forget that Jason Witten was on Monday Night Football for a while. So that was just like a play to try to get like humor or like they're like trying, they trying to bring more in relatable. The it's the same reason why they did Kornhauser. It's like you the what made the original Monday Night Football booth successful is Howard Cosell was kind of a wild card sense of humor, and that 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 formula worked because he was also a professional journalist. And so they've always tried to tinker with it and over the years throw in a third guy into the booth that could that could bring some laughs that um, I think would attract a wider audience than just the football one. Uh, so, yeah, that's why they've swung and missed with some some ones like Dennis Lear. The only laugh that Booger's getting is because of his name. If, if, he's, if his name isn't Booger, he doesn't get, he's not employed by them. My the, opinion. The thing about Booger hot take. that I don't understand – why he goes by that name? Me neither. No, I, I mean, Booger McFarland's a great name. And, like, sometimes when he talks, I'm like, okay, like, this is a little bit different. But especially college football, I'm just like, what what points are you trying to make here? Because I just don't – like, there's nothing – it's just word salad, you know? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of empty – at least when he was on the Booger Mobile and he was drawing up plays, it was a ridiculous bit. But I actually – I actually did enjoy that bit because it was so silly. I think the funniest part of the bit is just how ticked off the fans would get. They'd be like, no, get the hell out of our way. We're trying to watch the game, Booger. And Booger like wave to him like he was in a parade and they just you know, flip oh, him the bird. The Booger mobile being just in front of people with front row seats right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, the ball's right in front of us. Oh, wait, Booger's right here. Mm-hmm. Sure was. Uh, but, Roush, speaking of college football, the whining didn't stop yesterday. It, uh, oh my it, God! It you, you just seriously go. We talked some. about the Rutherford show. Oh my gosh! We need to leave more tissues in here. Everybody, pour out your drink for U of L fans because Florida State didn't make the college football playoff. <laughs> Thus, they didn't get to go to the Orange Bowl. That's what it all comes down. Yeah, to. that's why yeah. they're mad about right, it. Right. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. We'll get to more texts in the Thornton's text line. Thanks for those early segment texters. This is Kentucky. Uh, also, the guy says Dennis Miller, not Dennis Leary. I actually liked him, but I enjoy dry, dark humor. Billy Big Blue. Thanks, Billy Big Blue. Appreciate the the correction there. Isn't Dennis Leary also a comedian? Dennis Leary is a comedian. That's why I don't think any of us stopped to right. correct ourselves. But gotcha. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Devin Leary also Dennis quarterback Miller. for Kentucky. And uh, all right, everybody. He's we'll also back. a comedian. Devin Leary is. We'll talk more UK football as well. Fun show today.
Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Big X Sports call. Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on the Big X. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. It's not the most fun time of the year for UK basketball, uh, especially when you lose to a team you have no business losing to at yeah. home. But, Roush, we were a little nervous about like this week and next week and stuff like that. Not so much today, though. Plenty to talk about today. Football has a lot of news. A lot. We get into the transfer portal anytime we want. Mark Stoops spoke with the media yesterday. We'll get into that as well as the show goes on. But still a pretty big fallout from people mad about the college football playoffs. I guess we should expect it. But the thing I need to remind myself and everybody else in like three weeks, nobody's going to talk about it. And then after that, nobody's ever going to talk about it again because we're going to 12 teams next year. Yep. The uh, My favorite thing is the games don't matter. So like, yes, they do. Your teams look bad most of the time. That that matters. Um, a lot of whining, a lot of hand-wringing. I love all of the people, too, the, like, um, the kind of back-slapping you're getting after some of those, wow, such a great take. Yeah, Florida State really got wronged. It's just a very much a um, confirmation bias sort of thing. Um, and it, it also somewhat reminds me of politics, right? When you get uh, – let me take a stand for something that I know is going to be just uh, make me popular on the internet, but does it actually do anything? No, it doesn't. So, you know, congrats to all of you for taking your stand on Florida State. Um, the Seminoles aren't very good, um, and they don't deserve to be a team that can compete for a national championship. And all these people, it just comes down to a disdain for the Southeastern Conference. And yeah, this- or or just say they 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 have personal they they have something to gain from being on the Florida State side, right? Like David Hale covers the ACC. Of course, he's going to stand up for the ACC. David Hale always stands up for yeah, the ACC, and he should. And like he, that's his well, job. But admittedly, he always comes off as a goober talking about how this team is like this or that team's like that. And watch out for this team. There, the ACC lives in a bubble. Yeah, and, and it it's is, a big it, dumb it, bubble. It, it too. is shocking that like they can't see outside of it. That like you don't have people that are like, hey, folks, this is an us issue. Like. We have yeah. half of our league is just a rotting corpse right now. It's just belly up in the lake, and it smells horrible. Boston College is not a serious football program. Virginia is not a serious football program. Syracuse is not a serious football program. Virginia Tech has lost its luster. Miami okay. has lost its luster. You just go down, like Georgia Tech, not a serious football program. I can go down the freaking list, Ralph. Well, yeah, but Georgia Tech tied for fourth, though, in, in their league. Uh, Georgia Tech, fourth in the ACC. They had a, a losing record out of conference, winning record in conference, 69th in the power rankings in SP+. Um, they're tied with Virginia Tech. Guess where they rank in the power ratings? 50th. Like, it is a bad conference, you people. It is not hard to tell. And I, I appreciated Kyle making the argument. Like, was there some sort of ACC-SEC challenge that we missed? ACC, congrats. You beat Vanderbilt in South Carolina and Florida. Like oh that, that's that's your winning record. If I heard Go. if I heard ACC people be like Florida State beat two SEC teams, what do people not understand about that? Yeah, they barely beat one of the worst teams in the SEC East. That <laughs> is our point. You're making our point for us. 
Thanks and, for keeping and, them out of a bowl game, though. I appreciate and, that. Yeah, but they annihilated LSU, and LSU may have the Heisman Trophy winner, and they they annihilated them. That's great, and that's why they're on the map. That's yeah. why people talked about that's them all season. Yep. That's why people are like, are looking into them, and that was a great win. The issue is they didn't have another one. They didn't have one other great win. Well, they beat Duke. Duke was terrible. I mean, Duke was terrible. Well, they beat Clemson. Clemson is not a good team if you're talking about trying to win a national championship. And Kentucky may very well just go beat Clemson. If would, you, would, if, would you consider that a, this a phenomenal, crazy UK should be in a national championship game because they beat Clemson? Because they beat L? No, of course not. Because Kentucky's not a great football team. If Florida you, State is not a national no. championship contending football team. They're, they're not. Um, and I, I think it's silly. And I don't like to just like the power ratings or the end-all, be-all, but they tell more of a story, right? And so they have one, two, three, four, five. Okay, six top 30 teams. That's pretty good. But the rest of them are just at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. But let's, let's Boston College, 81st. I get why UofL fans are always so fixated on UK's out-of-conference. Because you they have to play good teams in out-of-conference. Yeah, Kentucky doesn't. In order to – Wake Forest, 92nd. Um, Virginia, I'm sure they're just as low. 106. They're even low. I mean, like, and also you, Eastern fans, Michigan is ranked higher than Virginia. Why did you think? Why do you think Florida State wants to get out of the conference so badly? Four and eight, Middle Tennessee State is six spots higher than Virginia. It's because this. This is why they want out. They know it's the league's good. a joke. And Roush, you mentioned this yesterday, but it just it, it, it tickles my pickle. Has nothing to do with Florida State. It is unfortunate for them, but like the fact that the ACC was the snobs and the goobers that were trying to stop expansion. You know, suck on this, buddy. Yep. Chew on chew on that. Yep. Now you know what? Actually, we should keep it four teams, and let's just keep not letting the ACC in. <laughs> and you can reap what you sow. You yeah. didn't want this academics. When are they going to have time to study with an expanded playoff? Yeah, don't worry about that, Wake Forest. <laughs> Do but you're not busy worry ra- about ranking it. 100th in SP plus. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. Let's talk about yesterday's news. Yesterday was a crazy day yeah, of we news. We got to one piece of the news yesterday, yep. thanks to a Thornton's grab and go texter. And uh, you know, to to take a step further back, let me be abundantly clear: I would much rather have Keaton Wade than not have him. With that being said, I think there's a reason why he's leaving too. That's not just his brother's transfer. Tyrese Fearbury, I think, has more of what Kentucky needs at that spot, which is pass rushing juice. Keaton had a sack this year, like one and a two tackles for, for all, what three it's worth, tackles for. You know this stuff better than I do, and Luckett as well. I liked, I like Keaton. Like I didn't, I didn't want him to go. I would much rather him stay than go. But what what Kentucky really needs is some a bendy, twisty twitchy pass rusher, right? Somebody who can bend the edge and really collapse a pocket. Keaton doesn't have that. He's more of a Sam linebacker that plays standing up. I think he fits best as a 4-3 outside linebacker. Um, they can play in space. But then at times this year, some of his open field tackling, it frustrated me um, quite a bit. But um, with that being said, the reason why he's leaving too is they're recruiting their asses off of that position. Fearbury's going to play a lot next year. I think Jacob Smith's going to be on the sideline. That dude is a stud. He's going to play. I would imagine there's going to be a role for Brian Robinson. Um, they still got Noah Matthews in there. So, I, while I, I would much rather him see it out, right, because you for, – for me, Wade's biggest problem is he's a smart kid. He just thinks too much, and he hesitates. He doesn't rely on his instincts, and it, that, that, that half step makes a huge difference on the football field. 
Um, so I, I think there's – could he probably get over that? Probably, with some time. Um, but instead, he's going elsewhere. I think he's going to be fine at the edge position. They lost a linebacker in Martez Thrower, who he just never filled in the way they needed him to, right? It wasn't a hit. Um, but they've also recruited that position pretty well. There's a lot of guys in there. And if you get Trevin Wallace back, you might not have to get another guy from the portal. It's just J. Vant Brown, four-star recruit you got last year. Hope that guy can be a rotational piece next year. I think I know the answer to this question, and and I think the answer is just everybody's situation is different. People sometimes get fed bad information, and sometimes it has. It, it's not always about like playing time necessarily. Some there's other circumstances, but like somebody like Martez Thrower, is he isn't he just going to go be a backup somewhere else? Like I, I don't well, understand. He can go, he the can go par- play uh, some belt. I don't understand the parallel moves some of these people make to like go you know, oh, I'm going to have to wait in the wings here to going to another place where they end up having to go wait in the wings. I just, I, I don't understand that. And sometimes it's that they may think that like the options are going to be better or they may buy into promises that aren't true. You are right. There is always the drop a level and then hope that like you're going to get a bunch of playing time by going down a level. But, it, and this isn't necessarily unique to Kentucky, but it seems so often you'll just see these parallel moves and people like Kentucky's going to have to go bring in a bunch of, backup wide receivers just people that like hey in the future you guys could go you you could be number one potentially you could be number two we're gonna bring 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 in a bunch of bodies so like you're gonna get playing time but we've got Danky, we've got barry on brown there are ones and twos you're gonna be three and four those people are leaving situations where they were threes and fours you know like they're not coming to kentucky they they weren't number one, and you get this maybe at some instances. Uh, Tavion Robinson was an example of that, where like Tavion Robinson was the number one that came in to be a number three, or I mean that's how maybe he didn't come in to be that, but but that's what it ended right. up being. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just don't understand, and and at his situation, it was let's go play SEC football, let's get this tape, let's see what that shows, let's take this step up. This offense is good for my position, but some of these going to be a backup to go be a backup, or I'm leaving being a backup and I'm coming in to be a backup. It's the same thing anyway. You splice it. I don't understand those well and Nick Saban had a quote about this the other day where he was just talking about like how important it is to maybe build within the program instead of just going and 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 that's like an old man cliche coaching quote and stuff like that but the parallel moves I don't understand well for the most part they were lower moves if you look at the receivers in the last couple of years that have transferred away Bryce Oliver went to FCS Youngstown State and set a school record for receiving touchdowns Chris Lewis went down the Sun Belt Balled out this year, was outstanding. Uh, I want to say like 10 touchdown catches. And the one that makes sense for me, and Stoops talked about it y- yesterday, because Jatan McClain, he's hitting the portal as a grad transfer with two years to play. He's always played some, but he wants to play more. Mm-hmm. And Stoops is like, you know, I appreciate everything he did here. He's going to play in the bowl game. Like, he, he's earned that. And he just wants to go somewhere and play more. I mean, we have a role for him here, but he wants to go somewhere and play more. And you kind of saw that with Keaton Upshaw this year. He goes to Georgia Southern, 16 catches, 173 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he didn't get the ball a ton, but he played more there than he was going to play at Kentucky. So, and that was his final year. Now he's moving on. Or did he transfer last year? I might have gotten that. Might have been two years there. But nevertheless, some of these, it's dropping down a level to play. But that that's why I'm, I am curious what will happen with Keaton Wade. Do, do they just go to Vanderbilt? Because Vanderbilt has... So much room. They need all of the players, right? <laughs> like, What if he starts at quarterback at Vanderbilt and beats UK? 
I would I would be upset about that. Oh, I mean, I would too, but um, you're not. not but that's I don't think that's going to happen. Poor Vandy. Do you see where they, they got decimated? Hank, Hank Bachmeyer is probably going to be their quarterback. Uh, what that, a weird blow up. That's a make, that's a made up name. Hank Bachmeyer. He was at uh, Boise State for a while. Was fine, and then went to Louisiana Tech last year. So for some strange reason, and now him and the, his top receiver are visiting Vandy this week. Um, but Vandy could also be where Shamar Porter ends up. So you had three Nashville kids into the portal in one day. Porter was the highest ranked recruit in Kentucky's 2023 class. Only top 300 player they were able to sign. Six foot three guy out of Innsworth who had the physical traits, physical tools. And you're like, man, how come? I mean, they got him on the two deep, but how come he's not even rotating in? Like, what's going on here? And we found out later in the year, he hurt his ankle during the preseason and just never could kind of play catch up. And so now he's, if you read between the lines, TJ, it looks like they didn't have the faith in him to be the big X receiver that they thought they were going to be. They're going out and recruiting Donovan McCulley. Um, I know Raymond Cottrell is another outside receiver that has been linked. Yeah, it's nice shown to see some interest. Raymond Cottrell tweet UK yesterday. Yeah. So essentially, they're kind of saying without saying, we're going to go find somebody to do what you really, we don't think you can do for us. So that that's why he's leaving. And it might even spell. Good news for re- keeping Danky and Barry Brown, right? That guy's leaving because he doesn't think there's an opportunity to play. And I hope they keep Danky and Barry Brown, even with some frustrations. I, I still want those guys. You should want those guys as well. Who will be the guy throwing it to those cats? Hopefully those cats. Roush, a big name in the portal yesterday. Is that going to be Kentucky's We got the name. Is it going? Is it? Is it? Time? Brock Vandergriff. Is that the name you were alluding to yesterday? That name has been thrown around in UK circles for a bit. Okay, he was even thrown around last year. Yeah. Like it, he's, it's one of those things. It's kind of like the prince that was promised, TJ. Where I'm just like, I mean, is this actually going to be a thing or not? Is he going to be a Brock Vandergit? Hey, oh, that's a good one. A little wrong I did with like that. that one. Yeah. I, hey, yeah, I like that a lot. We will, we, we will, will Brock you. you. <laughs> Oh, we will, get you. We will get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Brock Vandergriff, he, he entered the portal. He shows up to the Lexington Airport. Hey, coach, nobody's here to get you. We sent a van to get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We had to go to an early break, Scoots. I'm so sorry. TJ's bro. lost I'm so it. sorry to our listeners. Such bad, terrible radio. <laughs> you can't help Roush it. is worth getting excited about. Brock Vandergriff. He'd be the highest-ranked quarterback player. What all? Yeah, highest-ranked guy Kentucky's gotten ever since Tim Couch. Now he hasn't played in three years, but he wasn't playing because he was had two NFL guys ahead of him for two national championship teams. Exactly. I mean, like the you know, there's a reason why he wasn't playing. Uh, but a former five-star who I like his mobility a lot. He, he, he moves around really well with his hair flowing in the wind. He's got a big arm. My favorite part of this whole thing, I always knew there was some sort of connection to Central Kentucky. And it was like, oh, his girlfriend's there or something like that. And I'm like, that's so random. Turns out, sister plays volleyball at EKU. Mm. Ah, so there, there's... Uh, Not far from Lexington. There is part of the connection. Yeah, um, 
we'll 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 continue to brock and roll when we come back for hour number two. We need to end this. We're going to talk more about Gosh, that. You're will right. That, we need to. Will that be get, get some? Get you got any more puns? You got to get, get them all out of the way. Hey, the let's empty the clip today. Yeah, this is Kentucky roll call. We'll be back. Hour number two coming up next. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Roush, you want to tell everybody about our friends at Shady Rays? No. All righty. We want to, this hour, we're going to get to a lot of fun stuff. Like Shady Rays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, earmuffs family, this might be your white elephant gift. Because it's a great gift. Who doesn't like sunglasses? I mean, I'm trying to find something for anybody, and everybody loves sunglasses. Especially sunglasses from Shady Rays. They're Polaroid, Polaroid, polarized, sturdy. Dependable. I love them. My kid loves them. That's a favorite game we play. Frank likes to pull the glasses off and then try to put them back on. Um, and you know what? He can't break them either. But if he does, you can get your price mitt pair promise. Mm-hmm. It's a small price. It's a little shipping and handling fee, a little processing fee, and they'll get those shades right back to you. Good as new. Because they are new. They give you new sunglasses. It's a great deal. And it's an even better deal when you check out online promo code Big X. To get 40% off your pair of sunglasses, or you can visit them at their stores in Oxmoor Mall or the shops of the Bluegrass on the Bluegrass Shops, where we shop Bluegrass, we shop Shady Rays, mm-hmm. promo code Big X, 40% off at checkout. Way to cause a fight for your family Christmas, Roush. Now everybody's going to be going after your gift. Yeah, uh, that uh, you want to be the good gift giver at the White Elephant Gift. I like to be the good gift receiver. Ooh. Same. And they're doing a 30% off right now on their website. Big X, 40%. No biggie. And secondly, you can't go to ShadyRays.com and not tell me that the model gentleman on there, there's a woman and a man, I'm talking about the man, is not literally a clone if you took half of Aaron Rodgers' DNA, half of me DNA, made a human. You can't tell me that's not that model on the Shady Rays website. He literally does, looks just like us. He does look a lot like Aaron Rodgers. And me. <laughs> and it? me. That's how you do it, Shady Rays. That's how you just get – that's probably going to break the website with how many people right now. TJ, are, keep, keep scrolling down. You look more closely resemblo, resembling the second guy. The, I'm okay with that second gentleman yeah. as well. I'm all right with that also. Um, but I definitely think I'm talking about the, the first guy. You saw him, right, Roush? Yeah. Um, I – I see the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> no, it's if you mixed him with me. Yeah. Uh, and then it looked I, just like I, it would I, look. See the Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, you see a little bit of both of us in there. I hear you. <laughs> Welcome back. Hour number two. Get your text I mean, it's in. It's just a guy with a beard. How does that look like you? What do you mean? It, it looks just like me. It's got like an unbelievable jawline, <laughs> uh, a very appropriate nose. He's probably got better teeth than I do, admittedly. Uh, very normal ears. Nothing wrong with the ears. I well, bet he probably has beautiful blue eyes just like I do. And Aaron. Can't see through the shady rays, though. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has blue eyes or not either, <laughs> for what it's worth. I think he's got 
Green eyes, I had to guess. Yeah, yeah Hazel. Hazel. I'd go Hazel. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Why not? Uh, the, 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 the daughter, she, she likes picking on dad. It is what it is. But one thing that we have, she acknowledges that we both have blue eyes, and mommy does not oh. have blue eyes. <laughs> Daddy blue eyes, too. Mommy green eyes. Oh. <laughs> Over there in the green eye section. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You freak. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Oh, Roush, we could talk more transfer portal. We could talk more UK basketball. Yeah, now, let, I, let, I, I I couldn't believe that. Like, well, I mean, I guess I should believe that. Like, there was as big as a freak out for the loss on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, to be expected, I guess. I mean, you shouldn't lose at home to UNC Wilmington. You should not. You so. should not. I, I just I'm right there with you. I think for me, like you could obviously hear it yesterday. Like there's just a uh, ha- having the energy to have the freak out is is kind of where I'm at because I I totally get it, but I I was very happy. I wasn't going to dramatically change my postseason expectations because the game against Miami because they're just they're going to have games like that when you play the way that they play and. You know, Cal said it on his call-in show last night. Um, he talked about making practice really hard, too, which I love. That that really tickles my old man funny bone, talking about just whooping their asses in practice. But that, the passing, so I think the stat was they showed him 45 possessions where they had one pass or less. Like, what? The, the, Why did that happen? How, 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 how do you? And also, the other part, too, like some of that is on you, Cal. Like, how do we – you? I, I agree with that, by the way. Like, you know. Like, you, you should, at some point, you got to call time out and be like, guys, why are we not sharing the ball? Did we just decide we're going to quit passing the ball? This is such a small and, and you got And, and I, I think some of it, too, teaches you don't realize how bad it is till after the game. You get kind of caught up in the moment. But I think somebody's got to have the awareness in the moment. Like, all right, pass the ball more. This is, like, I shouldn't even bring it up, but there is a point to it. Um, Roush, I've got a pretty legendary coaching career. I, I know we talk a lot about like my mm-hmm. athletic achievements. Obviously. You're in a mural championship. I, I, I right? one year coached a group of buddies that were younger than me in their intermediate. Like a, it's an intermural league for people that don't. I could get into the weeds about what league it was. Just an intermural league. It's competitive yeah. intermural league. High school, for, right? Yeah, high school. Yeah, Compet- yeah. And I was in college at the time, but it was, it was like the tournament was taking place during winter. I was like, all right, I'll, oh, I'll we'll do it. We and, got um. Quick breaking news. Oh, uh, I love breaking news. Definitely Steve Wolfong, than- Brock Vandegrift likely to stay in the SEC. Decision expected soon. Kentucky, Mississippi State, and South Carolina among the programs to reach out. Oh, I, that makes me feel worse about him that he would be considering us with those other places. Well, the, they're the teams that have reached out. The other teams have reached out. What's Tennessee doing for quarterback next year? Is it their $9 million man? Yeah. Uh, Nico, I am Oliva. It's real. Vandegrift's father said of the Wildcats' interest. There's South Carolina and Mississippi State. Jeff Lebby is intriguing. It'll be hard to go outside of the SBC, best because it's the best conference is also used to play the best. It's not like you're going to go against the 60th, 70th ranked defense of the country every week, like you're in the ACC. Bunch of frauds. <laughs> wow, great quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that definitely was not the, fabricated. Uh, I'm glad he threw in the shot at the ACC there at the end. Um, if it's not done this weekend, it will be done next weekend. He will pr- probably commit and then go visit. Oh, interesting. So he'll commit and then go on a visit. That's weird. Backwards. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, all right. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, no, we'll keep we'll keep updated with that. And I, I kind of want more of just like a X's nose talk with Vandergrift. Just yeah, like what yeah. he what he can do, what he can't do. I know running's a big thing for him. We'll get into that here in a moment. That distracted me. My apologies. No, no. I appreciate yeah. the update. That's a live radio. That's what we do here on Kentucky mm-hmm. Roll Call. But. With Cal and what you're talking about with the possession sort of deal. Right, right. Um, it no. reminded me one time I was coaching, and we were playing, we were winning, and we were doing really well, and this team switched to a zone that we were playing against. And, like, they came back, and the game got a little tighter, and it eventually just got to a point where we were getting just wide-open shot after wide-open shot, and we call a timeout. I think they we were now losing at this point, and it's just basically, like, I, you, I didn't have a ton of plays. It wasn't like I was coaching these guys for years. So, again, it's apples to apples. But you put your hand up, and you're just like, I, I can't – you know, you got to just make the shots. You just have to make shots at some point. You're They're open. This is a game of basketball. The goal is to get the, the points in the bucket. You all are just missing them now. I don't. You just keep doing what you're doing, and they're going to start going in. That's the weird thing about the U.K. Like, Cal could tell them to pass the ball more, but would you ever think that you'd need to do that with that team? Mm-hmm. Like, right. do you ever think you'd need to go to the sideline and be like, hey, guys, remember how we played the first six games, <laughs> seven games? You all aren't doing that anymore. D- do it now? Like, pass the ball more? And Roush, it's dumb. Like, maybe th- maybe that would have helped. Maybe that could have helped. Maybe that's what Cal Perry should have done. But I do agree with you. He's not off the hook for that. But that being said players pass like do what you all were doing that was working so well um again I think so much of it comes back to DJ Wagner and any argument or anybody that's gonna get like freak out about this and I again I get it it was a bad loss and we should not be happy with it I think I was kind of beating that drum more than anybody else on Saturday but it is totally disingenuous if you don't take into the fact that DJ Wagner was not playing on Saturday any other team across the country Top 20, top 25, any team, you take out their starting point guard, especially one that's going to be a first-round pick, you should see – Like, that makes sense. Play – Yeah. Be especially when it comes to sharing the basketball. We right? were like just you, dumb. Who's your point guard? We were just dumb in thinking that with the depth in this team's backcourt, that it wouldn't be the end of the world, and especially against UNC Wilmington. And it shouldn't have been the end of the world against them, and Kentucky still should have won, and they still should have played better without their starting point guard. But we were, I mean, I think we were probably a little naive to his departure from the team and what it'd mean. If nothing else, you're going to have to play differently. It's not like you could just snap your fingers and everything be the exact same. So, again, I'm not trying to excuse it away. It was a bad loss. You can't do that stuff, even if you are hurt. But... Roush, I did hear a bunch of analysis of people just refusing to even bring up that that little caveat that, oh, maybe one of your highest draft picks wasn't on the floor. That matters. That changed things for UK. That being said, it, it still was a bad game, and I still think Cal could have done things differently. No, he, he certainly could have, should have. Um, and that's that's the part where I'm tough on this. Like it, It's hard to find the appropriate um, response because – Yes, it's unacceptable, but also it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, you you're without your starting point guard. You're bringing a seven footer back for the first time, and I, I think it more so the if you want to look at culprits as to why they played so poorly, you have a freshman laden team that laid an egg after a big win, and you called you you called the disappointing performance in advance, and as soon as you said it out loud when we were making our predictions, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. They're they're probably going to 
put their foot off the gas, not play as well, not come ready to play. Um, we just didn't anticipate I just didn't it. I think the identity bad. was going to look so different. You know, like you can have bad game and shots don't go in. That we've seen that a million. T- what we've seen Saturday, unfortunately, is not something that's like totally out of the realm of Kentucky basketball. Not necessarily even Calipari related, but we've been had we've had Calipari so long, it's easier to do that. But yeah, big win, come back, lay an egg, and lose a game that you feel like you probably shouldn't lose. The difference here from Saturday to like other either Calipari or UK losses would be that like I don't know if you can ever just remember like the identity of the team looking so Jekyll and Hyde between a game and another. That was the weird part about it. We have gotten grown so accustomed to this team getting up and down and playing fast, and yeah, they're gonna make some defensive mistakes. I mean, think about that Miami run on that eighteen and two run. Miami hit a bunch of shots, but how many of those shots were open? A lot of them. A lot of them were. Uh, even a couple, I think one or two run out just like wide open layup dunks. This team can have some big time breakdowns defensively. But what we saw Saturday was just a whole different, like we, we thought we were buying a ticket to one play and we got we, we saw like a musical instead. It was a whole different production. I would much rather prefer the musical. Musical cats versus the basketball cats? Well, musical versus just straight play. Sure. Uh, Sands, Phantom of the Opera, that's more of an opera. I went and saw that. Didn't really know what was going on because it was operatic. Is the Nutcracker a musical? No, ballet. Different. Which is a little... But there's music. There's music, but there's no words. They just dance the whole time. Until the Rat King dies. Yeah, and then they get the Rat King. Which, by the way... They they kill him in the play with the shovel? Um, No, it's a sword. I thought everybody came out with a shovel. They're like, Rat in the garage, get him! Have you ever seen Nutcracker? No, obviously not. Never, uh, never been. My, so, my, they all the girls would always go as when we were kids, and uh, admittedly, did get a little jealous. The uh, the part that I enjoyed because uh, uh, it was a Brown Foreman production, like they sponsored it, and it worked at Brown Foreman, so we got to go to like their free show. It's one of those that like you kind of were like, this is weird, like ballet, like, ugh. but like I love it. I'd love to go see it again. Tried watching the Nutcracker movie. That they made on Disney Plus, and it just, yeah, it's it's too, at least too, a different too story of a murdering of the Rat King. Yeah, yeah. way too gruesome, but it, mostly just like it, I don't know. It's there is a Rat King though, right? Yes, and he is taken down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they, his ass doesn't stand a chance. Rush has twinkle in his eye when he was talking about it. Uh, yeah, Take I don't know anything about King. it. I never got to go. You're saying it's good though. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I, and I even looked up. I was like, let's see, what would it be? And I was like, ooh. Hundred and ten dollars, a little steep for for old Rashi boy to try to go this year. Maybe some other time though. Okay. Maybe some other time. Uh, well, let's get to the let's get to the Thornton sex line. Man, the rat. I, I will say too, if you watch the movie on Disney, the Rat King CGI that they make is, if your wife is anti mouse or whatever, do not. I mean, I was happy that my wife fell asleep because it's. They turn a bunch of mice into one giant mouse, and it's just like mice crawling all over each other to be a giant rat king, and it looks horrifying. And they actually find a way to do that in the play, too? That's pretty... I don't know. I would real, like to they, meet they've their, trained all the mice. I'd like to meet the rat guy. <laughs> <laughs> you have all this production, and in the back there's this guy with just 600 rats just crawling all over him for the final scene. <laughs> it's a rat. <laughs> uh, he, he pours something out on him, and it just covers him. Been one of those shows today. Calipari continued, though. He said that DJ Wagner's questionable for Saturday. He said he was getting back in the gym. 
and getting some work on his ankle. But it's his black and still... blue right now. Oh, well, we need that ankle blue and white, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this whole TJ wakes up at 5 a.m. and is <laughs> on the on the ball. You get yeah. a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> See, Scoose, you get normally TJ, never gets eight hours of sleep. I turn into Feinbaum when I sleep well. <laughs> no, actually, that would be, be It would, a, it would be very funny Fine if you woke up and your like, ears grew larger. <laughs> and your hair. Feinbaum would be after two hours of sleep. There you go, Scoose. I'm TJ on Kentucky Roll Call. Let's go to well, the college. Until until he starts <laughs> talking to like some old journalist and they start talking about like the and His voice gets all high. Yeah. Hey, good to have you. Uh, Cal said that... A lot of people got worked up over Calipari's Reed Shepard comments, which I actually never heard. Um, I think he said something along, and your all's favorite player is getting beat too, defensively. Yeah, um, just like Cal. I mean, why? I got got on the scheduling thing, so yeah. you you know people are getting got by yeah. Cal's comments. Yeah, we had to bring out the gotcha girls because he he said the same quote that Kenny Payne said after the New Mexico State game. Like, I watched the tape. Why did we schedule this team? Uh, you're Kentucky. Schedule whoever. You should expect to beat them. Um, you signed off on the schedule, you, you ding-dong. Uh, Same yeah. with you, Kenny Payne. Any coach that complains about a schedule that they signed off on, it, it is. It's the Tim Robinson hot dog. We're trying to look for the guy responsible who did this. And I get it. It's just like a playful, like kind of patsy quote of like, oh, they're so good, you know, like shucks. Why are we playing this team? They're talented. Stop. It's just – it's a. if you're looking for filler – filler somewhere else say like yeah, this team's really good uh, i'm glad that we got a chance to go against them they're, they're probably going to win their conference boom yeah the other stuff is just such defeatism bait but here i'm not getting worked up again not getting worked up about I did it on saturday and i did on saturday people got worked up about the reed shepherd quote and, too. and uh, it's also one of those like cal he yes he played bad defense but he was the only one that played good offense you know, like that's that, that, that. He did correct himself, by the way, yesterday on that. He did. He said he initially thought that Reed was trying to do too much at the end of the game. He was wrong after watching film. He's changed his mind on that and said that Reed was going out there playing to win. So I like that from Cal. I'm cool with that as well. I think Cal was frustrated and heated after the game as well. But I, I, I do need to like let people know that that is not a personal shot at Reed Shepard. And that's not a personal shot at fans either. Mm -hmm. it, that's just his way and Cal's little like Pittsburgh brain mechanism of being like, even the even the best player played bad, like even the one that you all you know even like the everybody's favorite player played poorly. It's his way to group everybody in of like, it, there is a blame to go around with with everybody. Mm -hmm. It's the same stuff he would do with, like, Carl Anthony Towns, right. where you're good on Carl. He was the only one who played well. It's, yes, he, he's doing these things partially with mind tricks, and secondly, it's just a different type of verbiage to express a point. And I'm not trying to, like, defend Cal. If you want to get worked up because you thought he took a, a shot at Reed Shepard, then, then be mad Go the rest it. of your life. Yeah. Then be mad mm -hmm. forever and, and cry yourself to sleep at night. But that's the way he does things. We tried to do it on this radio show to tell you that, like, if you're going to get worked up over Cal quotes, then you're just going to spend an entire season probably worked up because he's going to say different little things that you're going to allow to fester. Just like I did on Saturday with the scheduling comment. I was mad that UK lost. I'm reading stuff just like anybody else. I see that stupid quote, Roush. I'm just thinking to myself, like, you're the head freaking coach. You signed on to play this team. It doesn't matter whether you played them or not. You could bring in, 
UK fans are going to have the expectations that you could bring in an NBA team to Rupp, and if it's that Rupp Arena, you need to win the damn basketball game. <laughs> and the same with UNC Wilmington. You bring in Rupp Arena, you're expected to win the game. So afterwards, if you're going to try to like excuse make, I don't know why we brought this team in, it's going to tick people off. It's going to tick me off. Roush, that's why we have this understanding. Don't let a coach's quotes do that to you. It's just not worth it. Yeah, and I'm, words matter. You know, they do. So I totally get being mad. I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend my effort on it. That's something I, I would try to say to Cal. They're like, hey, words you you know, like part of the people do freak out. Mm-hmm. You and sometimes you are throwing a rock and the dog that yelps is the blah 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 blah. We right. get all those things. But words do matter. You're right. Mm-hmm. Like Cal, you could be better with your words also. Where like even if you're not necessarily wrong, you know people are gonna take and run with any little thing. Words do matter. I think that's a pretty important lesson. Uh, for a radio show host to have, I like hearing that from a journalist, that they also feel that words matter. Words do matter. What yeah. you say and how you say it, it matters. Yeah. So, what's – I understand it all, but I'm uh, – uh, I think this team will ultimately end up being fine, though. I it's, it's not the, – the, the worst part about that loss is just what it's going to do to your resume and likely knock you down a seed line. I know a lot of people got – uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed when Kentucky beat the snot out of Miami, but I still Me. just didn't uh, anticipate. And, and you know, you should. You should drink it up. You should enjoy those wins, but that doesn't automatically make you a one seed in March. And th- this always felt like a team that would have a lot of volatility and just because of the way it's built, right? Like you, you're, you're, you're very offensive a lot. They're not going to be a very good defensive team. And that that's just how it's going to be. And really... The, the 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 problem with the defense is just when you run into they're they're very good at creating turnovers. It, it, it I'm trying to remember of a Kentucky defense that was like this, but there's some college football defenses. It's it's kind of third and Grantham like. You're either getting sacks and turnovers or you're getting your ass beat. Like there's really no in between. You're either giving up a straight line drive or you're getting a steal and you're going the other way. They need to be able to find some some in between there. I just don't know. Cal, Cal messed up on, on Saturday. Uh, he messed up. You, everything you're saying is totally true, and it's leading me into this point, that, like, Saturday can happen. UK just, one, the players messed up, and they didn't do the things that they normally do, and they missed shots and stuff like that. Cal goofed a little bit, too, though. And I think he did pucker up a little bit in the sense of, like, this team that they played is not a good defensive team. And UK only scoring 73 points of them is is bad, is, is just flat-out bad. That needed to be at minimum 83 points, and it should have been closer to 90. But what happened was, I almost guarantee you this is the case, they thought to themselves, this team is a bad defensive team. They're slowing the game down on us. Fine. Slow the game down for us. We'll beat you in the half court because you guys are too small, and we'll just work it around, and we'll eventually get a good open shot. Well... Yes and no. Yes and no. I think Kentucky did break down their defense pretty much every possession. I think UK got a halfway decent shot every possession. Of course, there could be an exception or two, excuse me if there was. But Roush, what ended up happening with Calipari having this mindset, and this is my opinion, but I'm fairly confident in it, thinking this defense is bad, let's just be more patient and we'll break them down. Well, guess what? When you take 20 seconds to break down a crappy UNC Wilmington defense and you don't make the shot – uh-oh. 
Like, and you don't have rebounders either, so you're not getting offensive rebounds. So, wasted possession. Let's get back and defend. Well, now UNC Wilmington's okay playing things a little bit slower, getting things in the half court. They'll break Kentucky's defense down. They'll go attack with around 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Then they, they score. Okay, Kentucky comes down. You do the same thing again. You waste about 20 seconds. Oh, another toilet bowl shot around the rim that you thought went in doesn't go in. UNC Wilmington comes down, wastes a lot of – well, there's about two minutes, and over that two-minute stretch, Wilmington just expanded their lead by four, and they were already up by like eight or 12 or whatever it was because they were playing with the lead the entire game. That's why Cal messed up. That's why you don't play the half court ever with this team. They're not good enough defensively to defend. And secondly, they had some good defensive possessions, and White just made them pay, unfortunately. That happens in basketball too. But they're not good enough to do a half-court game on either side. One, they may just miss shots. That happens in basketball. But if you're going to do that, you're wasting your own time. Uh, giving You just played into what they wanted to do, and I'm so sick of Cal playing into what the opponent wants to do. No more. Make them play fast, Roush. And that's part of the beauty about this, and, and bringing it back to your whole point, about the beauty of this team defensively taking chances. Okay, take a chance and miss. That's all right. You gave up two points. Go on the other end. Like, go. Get a shot up. Oh, you didn't have any rebounders on the three? Don't care. Now, go try to steal. And you need to press, too. And you need to just – everything needs to be indicative to speeding the game up. It gets you more shots. It'll get you more points. But secondly, I don't think you're a good half-court defensive team anyways. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you give up more off, if you give up more defensively, easier baskets on the other end. So be it. As long as the pace of play is sped up, because I just provided the example for you where UK slowed things down, and how you in two minutes could be down four points without scoring a point, despite having two good offensive possessions. They take too much time, Roush. This team cannot take time. No, their strength is in fast and speed, up and down. Other teams getting lost. And then also in the half court, it's a lot easier to get a defensive on its toes, right? Like, this team's a really good passing team, but when a team's in a half court, it's a lot easier to just be settled in. And also, when you get the ball up the court, Reed Shepard bringing the ball up. We all love Reed, but he brought the ball up pretty slow. Then UK's getting in their half court with about 22 seconds left. Easier to defend that way. It's not It's not as easy to make all those passes and break down a defense in 22 seconds. Regardless, yeah. it wasn't Cal's best stuff. Well, uh, I, I, and again, I think DJ Wagner. I think that was. I think that messed up Cal. I think that messed up the players. I think it messed up everything. Yeah. I think they thought it was going to be a more smooth transition well, and, than what was and, left. And over. It can be a smooth transition if you're getting peak Rob, because um, Rob, he probably has a higher ceiling than DJ, but his floor is way lower. DJ's a high floor player who's just kind of constant, right? Like the, you kind of know what you're going to get. It gets better if he's shooting the ball mm-hmm. well, right? Um, whereas Rob is, R- Rob's the Tasmanian devil. I mean, he just he just, he's he's all over the place, and that can be good. It's just how do we how do we make this streaky player? How are the how, how can we extend those long good streaks? Yeah. Instead of because and and here's the thing too, you're you're right. They don't have a lockdown defensive player. Rob has all the tools to do it if he can just. I mean, you, one. Two months, three months, however long he's been in campus, cannot make you a good defensive player overnight. But I think I, the stuff is there if he can. He just does it. But I, I mean, that's that's so much easier said than done, right? Um, yeah. And then again, if this team does take some leaps and bounds defensively, Rob and other players included, all of them have plenty of room to grow defensively. Then, then maybe you can be more successful if a team wants to slow it down. You could say, fine, slow it down. You, you dweebs, we'll still get you. 
Maybe, but defensively right now, they're not good enough to to play that type of style anyways. Too many breakdowns, not enough rim protection, and a bunch of textures bring up a lot of good points. Indiana Tim, we'll just jump ahead here. Uh, he says, I disagree, TJ. 45 possessions with one or less passes means they didn't really break down UNC Wilmington. Wasn't that what I was trying to say? Is that like, oh, well, okay, I get what you're saying. I'm saying that the half court was bad for UK to begin with. And I'm saying that even in a half court, you can break down a defense. It's harder to do because you don't have as much time and they're more set and disciplined in their stances. Yeah, they're in a tighter they're in a tighter. But my box. point is I still think UK got plenty of good looks against UNC Wilmington. But if they don't go in, you wasted all that time for a good look that didn't go in versus wasting five seconds for a shot that didn't go in, Roush, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, Indiana, Tim, I think we're on the same page here. Um, I think – they would have been a, done a better job breaking down UNC Wilmington's defense if they would have played faster, but that's not to say they still didn't get some good looks. And that was what Cal's strategy was. In time, we're going to break them down and we'll get a good look. And in time, they did. It's just sometimes they missed them. I mean, how many shots inside just didn't go in? How many jumpers seemed to, again, do the old toilet bowl? They stunk. It was annoying. Uh, another texter on the Thornton's text line. They got to figure out defensively this team isn't going to be great on D, but you can't have Wilmington beating you off the dribble time and time again. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I know this loss is on Cal because they always are, but when things aren't going right, we need someone to step up. Reed was the closest thing we had, and he even had some major errors. Turnovers in transition, then completely forgetting he was guarding the inbounds man. That led to a three. When in trouble, Cal went to Mitchell down low, and he just couldn't make a low post move work. And that was another, and again, that is going into my overall sentiment, is they thought that Mitchell just had a size advantage. Yeah, so he did him. almost go like Carl Anthony Town. Just go to the block. Like, yeah. you've got, that is always there. While true Roush. It's Trey Mitchell, have though, Have we done that this year? Like, has that been a thing that we've done? There was one game that I was a little annoyed where I was like, why do they keep trying to feed Trey Mitchell the ball? And I can't remember off the top of my head. But it, you're, to your point, not really. And to your point, you're right. I'm being a hyperbolic. They have given the ball to Mitchell on the block, but they've never been like, we need a basket, dude. Go, like, Let's go to our bread and there, butter. There was Trey one on the game block. where I think they, they kind of did, did and I was that. like, why, why are we trying to get the ball to Trey Mitchell here late? Like, uh, Trey should be out. Like This is when the thing's going the best is when Trey's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring not, him out. Not in the paint. But he, they thought that he had that size advantage and that they could get it any time. And like Cal, you know, against your better judgment, we don't need to revert. That game was tough. I was with anybody else, just like win by point and who cares, exhale, do it any way you need to get it. I think Cal thought that too, and I think it actually hurt him. I think instead of it flipping things in the better direction, I think it actually made things a little bit worse. A texter says, at least we're still Louisville's daddy. Always uh, always something that we can make ourselves feel better yeah. about. Well, because it's evergreen. I hope, I'm happy for you and your families. That's always a good way to start a text. Uh, thank you. Thanks. And I hope you never lose your jobs. Oh. TJ, funny. you and Roush just suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're always wrong. Your analysis of basketball and football is dog crap. I'm just tired of listening to you clowns. Roush is just lucky to have some insight into the football program. And TJ, you're just lucky Roush sticks around to talk to you. Good luck, guys. <laughs> you guys are cool, but man, you just don't know sports. Oh, man. We just got roasted. I'm so jealous. I didn't catch any strays there. That is a Damn bummer. it. Hey, that was a good bum roasted. I love that. I'll take the cool guys compliment to my grave. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Still waiting on that rup whistle. It doesn't happen. No, don't say it to all the fans.
They're very sensitive. About that. I, I, like, a, I, like Ty, I like Ty Spalding, but Ty, that was a bad move on your part. Like, I, I promise you I know the U.K. officiating Rupp <laughs> Arena trends um, a little bit better than, than, than you do. I've spent a lot of time with it. Roush will tell you I've spent too much time with it. Officials oh, hate Calipari. So, that yes, there will be games that U.K. gets a favorable whistle at Rupp. It will happen. It does happen. Yes. But it's not the same as a Kansas. It's not the same as a Duke. It's not the same as a North Carolina. Scoots, it ain't the same as an Indiana. No. It just ain't. Mm. It's not. And that's – And maybe it's not – maybe Louisville's in the same boat, but maybe they just don't consider Louisville a blue blood anymore, so they don't get, like, the big powerful whistle. College fish aiding's a joke. The thing is, though, is that's that's part of what I, when I think of home court advantage. It's less about the fans and more about the officials. And maybe 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 that's our biggest selling point. Oh, we got, hey. break, we got breaking news. Ooh, more breaking news? Not good. Oh, is it what I think it is? It's a decommitment. Oh, Elijah Groves. Elijah Groves is yep. out. Yep. What, what the hell? Second highest rated commit. Yep, yep, yep. Should we take a break and talk about it? Sure. All right. Well, geez, we'll leave. Now we get roasted and now Elijah. Do you think he saw, he saw that text and he said, I'm out? I can't have these guys representing my, my football program on radio. We'll come back. We'll talk all about it. Wild, wild Tuesday here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Roush is flabbergasted, folks. Segment Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Stop into Thornton's to get your day started right. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, and we'll do our best to try to read it on air. Scoots, it's been a wild show today. Yeah, been a lot of fun. We have touched a lot of stuff. Monday Night Football, Touched UK. on a lot of stuff. I have touched a lot of stuff in this studio. Hmm. Just I know Mike's a big germ guy. Yeah. He's uh that, that can of Lysol still over there. Yep. Yeah, it's so funny. First thing he does every day when he comes in, he hits the microphone, the mouse on the computer. He's just the headphones sprays down everything. <laughs> that's not normal. I mean, I, I know that like you got to look out for yourself. What, what and did he care, do but that's at like, the old station? I mean, that's just like oh yeah. What that did he place do at the was old just station? a one giant germ. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I I don't know if I ever saw him do anything like that at the old station. Like I don't like other people's germs like i don't like sweat or like, but like you know, that's the, there's a deal that you make with the devil and that's living like some some of it's unavoidable yeah and i bring my own headphones and like you know i do i, I do stuff to avoid that but i don't yeah that's it's weird <laughs> man last night speaking of germs had uh one kid drool in my mouth so that was what fun. yeah wasn't as gross uh, as talking oh, one of your kids I'll yeah 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 i mean we were wrestling it, right? and he just like was all over me, but like you, you feel it and you're just like, huh? Uh, which got to sharing stories with dads at a birthday party this weekend at uh, Indoor Entertainment Center. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I don't know if you've ever taken your kid to the one on Hurstbourne. That's awesome. But 
Uh, it is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that place is incredible. like you're all talking about just like a restaurant that has games and stuff. Not just a restaurant that has it's it's it, there's no restaurant. MJ's. It's, yeah, it's got a, like go karts and arcade. There's and no bouncy. restaurant. I mean, you can get food. There's there, a restaurant, but it's putt putt. It's gotcha. huge. Yeah. Um, but we're talking with one of the dads. He was like, "Yeah, um, had to really change some of my behaviors because he was had the kid was holding him over his head and the puke just went right down his throat. He's like, I didn't even taste it. It just it was in. It was down my throat before I even realized it. Oh, that's yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting coughed in the mouth and stuff like that. That stuff's just that's just normal, mm-hmm. normal day to day stuff. But the drool, the liquids, never, never what you're never what you're looking for there. Thorntons will always have what you're Ooh, looking for. Breaking news. More breaking news. Brought fact, to you by Thorntons. Fuel up with Thorntons today. It's the best. Or Ray Davis, first team All SEC running back, as voted on by the Associated Press. And Maybe and Dion, you get to see Ray Davis in the UK jersey again. Maybe Dion Walker, also first-team selection. Woo-hoo. Uh Barry on Brown, tied for first-team selection. So first team. Yeah, for all purpose. Uh, Maxwell Harrison was a second. Er, Maxwell Harrison, first team for defense, too? What? That's awesome. Well, what does is, what is Andrew Phillips feel about that? Ooh. We'll have to, have to reach him out for comment. Well, okay, and that's actually, um, my search thing didn't work well. Barry on was second team okay. for all purpose, and Harrison was second team quarterback. Okay. I was going to say, and that would be the, Har- the, the Harrison stuff. If Barry on was second team special team or first team special teams. I think that could check out. But, okay. Uh, can Kentucky go get that wide receiver that's at Central Florida that almost came here that one time? Javon Baker? Yeah, the touchdown maker. <laughs> they No. they Seems like they're pretty prioritized on Donovan McCullough. Okay. I, I think that'll probably happen this weekend. Yeah, Mark Stoops said yesterday, though, that, like, I, I'm glad that he did this. I was curious about it. It was nice to, to hear him just clear it all up, that the people transferring, they they may still be playing in the bowl game, and the people declaring, they, they also could potentially still be playing in the bowl game. Yes. And Ray Davis specifically, which I get it if you're running back, Roush, it's almost like you've only got so many – they, they say that your washers and, and dryers only have so many spins. If you're a running back, it's like you only have so many carries in, in your body. Does he like? I always thought he'd want this bowl experience. I mean, it's Clemson. Especially because he hadn't played in it. I think because that's exactly. Devin Leary's yeah. motivation, right? I, he's never played in a bowl game. So. I like that. I like that. I, I cannot. I think that number is way too big, by the way, for what it's worth. If you don't like UK Moneyline or if you don't think UK is going to win, that's one thing. But that's a lot of points, especially in a bowl game against an offense that doesn't put up a lot of points, mind you. So, uh, but that was fascinating to hear. Uh, I hope Ray Davis plays. I hope we can send him out one more time. Just and I'm sure they'd probably tell him like Ray, you're well, not going to be the bell cow. Like we've got these other dudes, we're well, going to get we them the ball. And Soup's made it clear that he wants to get Ramon Jefferson some. I'm okay with that too. For, been, to get some NFL tape out there because he believes that there's a future there. He's and been I, running I hard. He's been running hard. I'm all right if he gets more carries as well. I'm glad that you may have McLean as well, just because you may need him in that game, especially if you don't have Ray. But I'd like to see UK be as healthy and as full in the running back room as possible and. I appreciated Stoop saying, yeah, we're going to be pretty close to all in for the bowl game, which is cool to hear, Roush. Yeah, no, it certainly is. And, I mean, especially, you mentioned Drew Phillips a second ago, having your starting cornerbacks is a big deal. If you don't have them in this game, it just hurts you a lot. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that's pretty Do you like the matchup in the bowl game, or are you more I, nervous or just 
I wish Kentucky just would stop playing top 25 defenses in these bowl games. <laughs> like it'd be easier to score points. It'd be more fun. Bring it on, baby. Um, yeah, I, I just I just worry about where Kentucky's going to manufacture offense if they don't have Ray. And even if they had Ray, um, it would be nice if during bowl prep they got to implement some of the stuff that would make them go faster that Stoops has talked about so much. Um, like not huddling, for example, right? Do a little bit more of that. I think now you've got time. Like Start doing some of that stuff and see how that works because I, I really think that's their best way. And it feels like a race to 21 in this game. And I know Stoops I is like Stoops is like they we're, average four hundred yards and they do all this. It's like yeah, but their efficiency is garbage. Like they they're very inefficient. They play against garbage ACC teams. The rule of twenty one, as we all always said, all, always said. So that that's, and I I like that. Like all right, Kentucky secondary isn't up to snuff what we wanted it to be, but I, Clemson passing attack doesn't scare me. So like that's good. You know, yeah, I, their I passing like, attack is stinks. Yeah, and Clemson's defense is good, and that's gonna UK is not gonna bully up bully them up inside and that's always sometimes a nice advantage to have in a bowl game when you're playing an out-of-conference opponent but it's also nice not thinking that like the secondary is going to get completely and totally torched i think kentucky is going to have a, a good chance in this game. yeah and a lot of it's going to come down and it's, it's very boring analysis kentucky can create some turnovers get some short fields they can win the game and again if kentucky like they beat south carolina a team kentucky lost to Kentucky should not have lost that game. These teams are comparable is what I'm getting at, though. Like, they've lost to Miami. They've lost to NC State. They've lost to Duke. They lost to Florida State, which Florida State's a solid team, obviously. But, like, this is a team they, – they have they are in the same competitive waters as the Cats, folks. And seven and a half is just too big of a number. Uh, they finished uh, one, two, three, four, six in the ACC. Six in the ACC. UK's got to beat that team. Man, speaking of Florida State, one texter texted in, I'll jump ahead, said if FSU is one of the four best teams, they wouldn't be a 13-point dog to number six. If an undefeated record gets a team in, it would be Washington, FSU, Michigan, and Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Which is of Liberty. great point that, yeah, 13-point favorites, but uh, you should be in the playoffs. So or my underdogs. said Liberty should be in the college football playoff. <laughs> Do you really? Mm-hmm. He thinks uh, if you're undefeated, you should have a chance at a championship. It's like a principle thing. I don't. I don't hate it. If it's if it's your principle, I mean, obviously, I get it. like Liberty but shouldn't be. What's in the funny though is uh, they a lot of the Liberty talk and the reason why people were surprised that they got the G5 bid over SMU is because of how bad their schedule was. Uh, I don't think they played any Power Five teams, and even they're. I mean, they just just kind of whooped up on a bunch of bad teams. Is their strength of schedule that much different than Florida State's? <laughs> is it? It is because that's that the, LSU game. The, the LSU game does really hate, help for State. Like n- the numbers and stuff, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and that can work against teams and it can work for teams. But like ACC teams are ranked because they're just not going to have them unranked. But I don't think outside – like is Louisville legitimately a top 25 team in the country, Roush? Are there 25 football teams better than UofL? I think there probably are. I think there probably are. But that being said, all right, rank UofL, that's cool too. Are there 25 better football teams than Duke? Absolutely. Are there 25 better football teams than Clemson? Absolutely. It's, you know, but they've got to rank them, and they do. So then they rank them, and then they lose, and then some of that means somebody's got to beat them, which means, like, oh, they beat a ranked team. Yeah, because you all ranked them. A texter says, second half whistle has been outrageous. Call every time they drive. Yeah, I, I didn't like the second half whistle, but uh, – but there were also plenty of fouls, too. Like, UK was also just playing some bad defense. 
This felt like a massive trap game coming off the Miami win. DJ out. Surprised more folks didn't see it. If you look back at our early bad season losses across the year, we're missing a key player. Roush, I, I could see it being a close game. I think I said as much. I did not see a loss coming, though. I didn't think. I thought this team was above that. I thought they were yeah. – like, playing a stinker? Yeah, the St. Joe's game was a stinker, and they had DJ for that one. But losing? I didn't – I thought they were above that. So I was disappointed, obviously. Rob Doster taking quite the victory lap for a guy who spent all week saying how wrong he was. I didn't see what Rob was saying after the game, but those field of 68 guys. I mean, they're they're prisoners of the moment. Boy, they're they're, they're the, yes. their, their first take. It's field of 68 is just first take with it all. And why do you have, like, I'm so happy we don't do that stuff. Like, we, we stay pretty even, you know, the yeah. highs and the lows. We get into the highs for sure. Like, that Wednesday show was fun. Yeah. Uh, last Monday after beating U of L was a good time. Man, I'm really annoyed. We get that, into it. That but we can't do game by game stats to see what Kentucky because I want to say their five threes got to be the fewest made threes they've had all year. It's a bad loss, but I don't have time for anyone pretending we're right back to where we were last season. I agree with that texture, but I did have a moment of being like, "Well, you blew a game against Kansas. You shouldn't have. You played St. Joe's close. That was weird. And St. Joe's is an okay team, but like that was weird." Then you have that huge win against Miami. They've had huge wins over the last few years, Roush. That's that hasn't been necessarily the issue. The huge wins, it's just more consistent losses have been the issue. Yeah. So like, the, if there was a part of me, Texter, to disagree with you on Saturday, being like, "Wait a minute, how different really is this? Are we being tricked again?" I just think you got to go with what you see with your eyes, right? Your eyes won't deceive you so much. This so, is different. This is more fun. I don't think this is last year. So what was the difference between St. Joe's game and UNC Wilmington game? A win and a loss. Right. But at the end of the game, uh, you had DJ, DJ Wagner, Wagner played. going to the rim, getting some hard shots, and Reed Shepard getting stops by creating steals. Like that, you, you got stops and, at the end of the game, and you had somebody getting some hard buckets. Because, yeah, good point. Because like that, that was kind of when we're always screaming at the Kansas game, like, why is DJ in? Read it, Rob. And it's like, well, because DJ is the win in doubt. That dude, he'll get inside. He'll yeah. make something happen. Yes, and can he make mistakes? Yes, but at least he can. He, he makes the defense react. Yes, that is my overall point and overall hope, whatever you want to call it, with DJ Wagner. Is I just, it's it's kind of like um, in football, when in doubt, you know, in in recent years, you just gave it to C. Rod or Benny, like you just put the ball in his hands. Something good's going to happen. They didn't really have that this year, uh, and. Look, it talked about it a lot yesterday with me on our show about the the McCulley kid. They're recruiting from Indiana. All right, we got to get a first down. Who are we just going to run a stick route, an out route to? Who are we just like, all right, throw it up. That guy's going to make it happen. And I think that's why they're going out and recruiting some of these big guys. There was a Tulane kid uh, that was also a big receiver that Liam Cohen started following on Twitter. Um, I I forget his name, Kozel or something like that. But having that guy to turn to in end-of-game tough situations – they didn't have their guy yesterday, and and I, so that's what I'm at least hopeful for. Um, Once DJ is healthy, yes, that that is that that, that changes. And uh, as I said, DJ makes the defense react. We all love Reed, but when he was bringing the ball up, it was just one on one. That defender wasn't uh, Reed. At times, could maybe get around the corner or get a step on him, but that def- defender wasn't really struggling all that much. So you didn't have. You, you had the other four guys being able to stay on their men, and it, it just things were played pretty straight in that instance. DJ doesn't let a defense play things pretty straight. He's going to get around a dude. Um, but, Roush, I will say, Scoots, I'll, I'll throw this to you, though. That Now there have been three games, and one you got a big caveat to in the Hunter Dickinson game. UK didn't have a seven-footer available. 
But there's been three games, Kansas, St. Joe's, and UNC Wilmington, where UK just could not stop an opposing player. It was like out of UK's hands. We tried everything. We switched so many different dudes. Uh, who was it? The Reynolds guy on St. Joe's, who's a hell of a basketball player. And then the white guy, who was not a white guy, on UNC, Wilmington. And then Kansas, who was a white guy, Hunter Dickinson. Not that that matters. Three games, three players, UK could not do anything. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. And Roush is right. Late in that St. Joe's game in overtime, you did get a couple stops. But, like, when push came to shove in regulation, you didn't get those stops. What do we make of that? I think that's concerning. I, th- that's not so much concerning for me because if it's only one guy, I, I think you can contain everybody else and still be okay. If it's more than one guy, if you if that's happening, you've got two or three guys going off against you every game, then maybe I, I would get a little concerned. But if, if it's, I don't know, if it's just one guy, just shut everybody else down. I, I, but like, I don't know. The thing about Cal in the early days is just you would have a lockdown defender. You'd have somebody that'd say, all right, go get that guy. Would it always work? No. I mean, DeAndre Liggins in that 2011 Final Four, he couldn't stop Kimba enough well, to I mean, get the win, although that was a very low-scoring game. Defense wasn't the issue. You mentioned the caveats, though. I mean, Kentucky didn't have an answer for Hunter Dickinson in that Kansas game. Just how everything played out with the injuries with the big guys. And then you could make the same argument for UNC Wilmington. That I'd like to see Wagner on white. Just exactly. To give, him, yeah. give him some clock just to see. But I don't know if it'd be any different. I don't, Wagner hasn't shown to be like an amazing, unbelievable defender. And he would have at least been hampered. Or if you're saying like just hypothetical that he'd be 100% healthy. Also, what's the last thing to come to players when they get to college basketball? It's usually defense, defense right? Yeah, it yeah. Usually so is. that'll, that'll well, water will find its level. I also kind of hope you would get some of that from Thierro, but it has to be a specific kind of guy. And it's usually that stretch four that has killed Kentucky over the years. Like the kid at Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, that guy, Brazil. He got hurt last night. I uh, did see that. Um, I looked it up. The fewest amount of threes, five is the fewest they've made all season in a the game. They'd made eight at least eight in every other single game except for the Kansas game. Hmm. So Texter says, I'm mad about a loss, but if you're asking when the last time an elite team has a loss like that, you're just looking for something to be mad about. I don't think we did that. I think it's perfectly reasonable to be upset about the loss without feeling like a huge difference on our season. I think people just need to make draw their line in the sand. Like If you're going to make a big stink about this loss, then you need to say that like this loss is going to – this loss is a crack in this team, and I think this team is not going to be as good as people think it's going to be, and I think they'll flame out. Just, like, make your point if you think that this loss is something more than just, like, an injured, injury-plagued, bad, overlooking, coming-off-emotional win stinker. But people got to draw a line in the sand with it. And then if you think that, like, oh, well, no, that loss was bad, but I still think that they can go to a Final Four and win it, then just shut up. Then just shut up. Then you're just kind of you're just yelling to yell at that point. Um, all right, I want to try to get to a few from today's texters. John here again. Hey, want to make some banana stand money tonight. Take my alma mater, the Evansville Purple Aces at plus 24 and a half. They're playing the number 14 BYU. I think the Aces could win or keep this game close. Do you all have any other leads? We'll got to go talk to you later. John, I admittedly, and I love you, you're just such a loyal fan. I'm probably going to stay away from your gambling advice. <laughs> I think I'm going to join him. Oh, Scoots is riding with yeah, John. I think I'm going to ride that. BYU, Mark Pope, they've been one of the biggest surprises really in college yeah. basketball. UK dropped a 16th, by the way. You get a win over number eight in blowout fashion, you lose to UNC. I ain't going to complain about the rankings. Nope. I do think it was probably a little shrick, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to complain about it. Rat King gets taken down. Spoiler alert. 
No kidding. I think Cal is willing to sacrifice. <laughs> Scooch was rooting for the Rat King. <laughs> I think Cal was willing to sacrifice losses early in the season to make sure they play his way, not enough adjustments in game to try to win. Um, I'm confused by your there, test. There might be something to that, but there, I definitely do think part of the reason why we, we're, we've Every, only March Matters has made us more numb to some of these losses than we would have been in the past. And there is truth to like only March mattering, but I also want a fun regular season, and that's why I was pretty bummed on Saturday. Right. The reason I text her, what do you mean his way? Is his way what they did on Saturday? Because if they do that, they're going to lose more games. Uh, fellas, good morning. Tej, if you ever ring doorbell, you got to drop the footage of the Uber Eats guys. Roush this past weekend was smoke around Chad Johnson being interested in the wide receiver coaching position. Levi, we'll finish your text tomorrow. we got to sign off here. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Thanks for the text into the show. I don't have a ring doorbell, unfortunately, Levi. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Gale.